Good morning. It's good to see everyone. Again, it's good to see Brother Tim and Patty out here. We've been praying for you and your family. It's great to see God's healing upon you, isn't it, folks? Isn't it, folks? We pray and God answers our prayer. Man, we rejoice and we celebrate that fact. So we've been going through the book of Joshua. Our plan is to get to the book of Joshua here this summer. That is the plan. We're on course to do so. And so today our message comes to the title, What Happens When We Fall? We're going to be in Joshua chapter 7. So if you turn to your Bibles, look to your device, to Joshua chapter 7. But I just want to just recap a little bit for those that are visiting. For those that are visiting, we welcome you. We're so glad that you're here this morning. And for those that are watching via Facebook Live, we are so glad you joined us. So recap from last week um, in regarding to Joshua. And we know Joshua, I'm going to ask you a question. What city did, was destroyed by God via the nation of Israel? Jericho. We all know that story, that story we grew up with, that were raised in the church. We understood the importance that we seen Joshua siding with God, siding with God's will, and siding with God's agenda. Joshua did just that. And when we follow God, when he followed God's strategic plan, even though how crazy and unusual it was, God granted Joshua and the nation victory. It was guaranteed. So you'll see the three points in front of you this morning. When we side with God in his will, that's what Joshua did. We side with God in his will. When we, sometimes we pray to God, we ask God, God, here's what I want to do. So, hey, join my team and listen, help me get this prayer answered. Help me do what I need to do instead of siding with God and his will. We learned that we need to side with God and we will see the unusual happen. If we were to ask many of you who have been saved for any amount of time, has God done anything unusual in your life? You, know, you had a plan, you prayed for something specifically, but you would have done it a different way, but God came and got involved, and he did it just in a totally unusual way. How many can testify that this morning? Probably all of our hands. But lastly, we learned with, learned with Joshua, when we side with God, God answers our prayer. When we sigh with God, God answers our prayer. And we, we looked at, we gave you a, a, a decision to make last week. You're either going to be a wilderness Christian, or you're going to be a promised land Christian. Now, a wilderness Christian, again, all, both those Christians go through the same struggle, the same trials, the same temptations that come our way in walking the Christian faith. But a wilderness Christian, remember we talked, they're always complaining how bad life is. Life is such a challenge. Man, I need to work out things in my life. They're focused on them, themselves, their, their needs. But a promised land Christian, if you remember, has this attitude of trusting the Lord through it all. This idea that God got this attitude. You ever run into individuals that have that? Man, they always talk about God. Man, God got this. And he will get you through that particular struggle, trial, barrier in your life. And so hopefully we've chosen in our lives, as we went on through this week, that we are going to be a promised land Christian, that we are going to trust God, side with God and his agenda. And so if we close last week, there's, if you look at Joshua chapter 6, verse 27, this is where we left off. So the Lord was with Joshua and his fame was in all the land. I don't know about you, 
But there have been many times in my life that I have been on a team that was the underdog. Or maybe for you that are a Philadelphia counting team, they're usually underdogs, right? The Eagles, Phillies, Flyers, Sixers, right? And when that team wins, you're like, yes! Well, this is where Joshua's at. You, you're the, Joshua's the underdog going into Jericho, the most fortified city in Cana, and they went in and God did a miraculous thing, and they are on a spiritual high, seeing what God had just done. However, let's look at ch- chapter 7, verse 1. There's that word, but. Uh-oh. This signals a change in the book of Joshua. We have seen through Joshua 1 through 6 God's blessing to a nation. They have been obeying. They have been following every move that God had told them to move. Now, chapter 7 We see Israel, we see the victor, we see the champion here become the conquered. So let's read there in verse 1 and see what happens now to the nation of Israel. But the people of Israel broke faith in regards to devoted things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, Zerah, the tribe of Judah, took some devoted things, and the anger of the Lord burned against the people. Of Israel. Look at that phrase, the people of Israel. But the people of Israel broke faith. The Lord's anger burned against the people of Israel. Who sinned here? Achan. Achan sinned. But Lord's anger was against the nation. Well, let's look and see about this character Achan this morning. Well, his name in Hebrew, guess what it means? Trouble, distress. I don't know about a parent naming your child a name that meant trouble or distress. Does everyone know what your name is, means? Jason means healer. I don't know, my, my parents weren't thinking that when they named me. But can you imagine naming your kid and his name means trouble, distress? You can see Achan here. The walls of Jericho had toppled to the ground. He sees the spoils of war. He sees that beautiful Babylonian garment, unlike something he has never seen. And besides that garment, he sees the 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of pure gold. See, these were to go to Joshua for the treasury of the Lord. But no one had seen him take them. He scooped up these And it was easy to hide in his tent. See, one reminder of God's command or word from his family would have brought him to his senses, we would hope. But they were delighted also by what he had done. And they helped him hide and loot those things that were to go to God. See, here is the choice that confronted Achan, and every single one of us in our lives are confronted with a choice to follow God or disobey God. He could have took, take, he could have took these goods to Joshua, which would have brought honor and glory to God, and would have promoted the well-being of God's people. Or, as he did, he could keep these goods for himself, which would only bring him happiness on a small scale. But for himself 
Achim was, Achim was putting his personal happiness before the glory of God and before the glory of the welfare of God's people. Could you th- maybe think that Achim, as he was walking by those things, you remember, put yourself in Achim. The, the city is flattened, except the little column where Rahab lived because A. Rahab was saved. And God says, all the, all the, all the treasury you see, all the things here, all, the, all the, the garments, the gold, the silver, comes into the treasury. Could Achan have been thinking, okay, what possible harm could there be in taking just a few things for myself? There's plenty of stuff here for God. What's the harm of just taking just a little bit? Have you ever hidden anything from your parents? Young people, don't raise your hands. Don't want to get you in trouble. I did. <laughs> There's one young person. You're honest. Okay, don't, parents don't look at the kid that's raising his hand. But how many of us, see, how many of us have, have hid things from our parents? Yeah. So I grew up. Uh, my dad was a pastor. My dad was saved out of the, the rock, and roll, ro- rock and roll world. And so music for me was very, very strict. And so I could not listen to anything that had a beat or it had to be organ or piano. Snooze fest for me growing up, music-wise. But as a teenager, as a middle schooler, I had to find out the hard way as disobeying my parents. So I would hide my, who remembers the cassette tapes? Yes, all those 80s, 70s, and 80s kids, yes. And I would put them between my box spring and my mattress in the middle of my bed. And so I'd line up my Chicago and my Bon Jovi and my Phil Collins and my, where's Dave, my Air Supply Dave. Sorry, Dave, Dave, <laughs> Air Supply. I'd line all those tapes up so my parents wouldn't find them. Well, my mom was a very avid cleaner. And so I would come home from school at times, and my mom wouldn't say anything. She'd stack all those tapes on top of the refrigerator so my dad could see them when he came in the door. I came from school, hey, mom. Oh, my word, there they are. I knew I was done. My mom didn't say a word because my dad would see it. I was, I was toast. So she would clean my room, and that's how she found things. I tried to hide that from my parents because, again, that music in itself, we can debate whether it's, it's wrong or sin or not, but the, the idea is that my dad said no, and I disobeyed. And I had to pay a price for that. For, so for the application for us today, just like Israel, God provides every avenue to make victory possible, doesn't he? At the same time, though, he does not make defeat po- impossible. See, we as humans, we in our sin nature, we make choices that can lead to victory or to lead to failure. See, too often we choose to go our and guess what it is? Sin is it. There are consequences for our action and unfortunately for others as well. So let's continue on in our story this morning. Let's look at verses 2 through 5. Again, verse 1 is that but. Okay, but here's what happened. Joshua does not know this happened yet. So we are privy to that information as a reader. Okay, this what happened. Achan took the goods that were supposed to be to the treasury of the Lord. Now the story continues. 
And Joshua knows nothing about this. Look at verse 2. Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai. Now that word, I usually, we usually say Ai, but in the Hebrew it's just Ai, which is near Beth Haven, east of Bethel, and said to them, go up and spy out the land. And we understand Joshua was a spy. Joshua was a military man. This was a, a good choice to do as a general of the army. And men went up and spied out Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, Hey, Joshua, don't have the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and I. Do not make the whole people toil. They're few. So Joshua listened to them, verse 4. So about three thousand men went up from there from the, uh, from, pe- from the people. And they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai killed about thirty-six of their men, the Israelites. Chased them before the gate as far as Aram and struck them at the descent, and the hearts of the people melted. This is the Israelites. They melted and became as water. Do you remember what that Hebrew word melted, that word meant melted when it dealt with the Canaanites? They lost heart. They lost hope. They were shut up inside. They had no hope anymore. This is where Israel turned out to be. Here they come off a, a beautiful victory that God gave them with Jericho. And here now they see them in defeat. Have you ever been on the other side of the tracks of defeat in the area of athletics? Where you thought you had the game. Or your team that you, where we got this. We're going to win this game. And being totally humiliated and embarrassed. That has happened probably in some of our lives. This is where Israel is. And we think, we think, I know I did when, I, when you read this at times in my life. We look at the story and say, this all happened just by taking a couple of things out of, out of Jericho's loot. And there was a ton of it. What's the big deal? How many have thought of that? In some time in your life as you read this story, am I the only one that thought? It's like, what? God, really? It just took a couple things, you know what I mean? Slap them on the wrist, okay. But it was sin, wasn't it? What happens when we fall? When it comes to sin, small things matter, don't they? The small choice matter. If you don't think the small things matter, you've never slept in a tent with a mosquito. Right? The small little mosquito, you know, that's in the tent. And you wake up in the morning and you see the consequence from not, for not taking care of that mosquito before you went to bed. Well, let's see the effects of Achan's disobedience. That idea of just taking the garment, the shekels, the bar of gold. Well, Scripture tells us in, in 2 through 5, it says this, 36 men died. Militarily, you have 3,000 men. 36 die. It's not a great loss. But guess what God's promise was for Joshua when he started this journey? God was with Israel, and no one was to be lost. God's hand was upon the nation of Israel. So this is why we're going to read Joshua and was devastated. 36 men died. So what's that mean when 36 men, soldiers, men of your army die? That means 36 families are grieving. That means possibly 36 wives are widowed. That means 36 of children lost their dad. 
We see here the whole nation suffered loss at I. The nation's heart was destroyed. Do you think there was effects of Achan's sin beyond himself? Yeah. So when we think of Achan and his sin, or today we think of sin and its effects, there is nothing small or unimportant about disobeying God, is there? It is sin. And there are consequences for our actions. And probably all of us that are sitting here this morning or, or watching via Facebook, we remember in our lives those times where sin that we committed and we disobeyed and the effects, it, it affected more than just me. So the, this morning, I'd like to create, and hopefully it stays up, but I'd like to create a picture frame this morning. And we're going to learn four points that talk about life lessons of Achan and how we can learn from the life of Achan, of what happens when we fall. So our, our first side this morning is this. Sin comes in stages. Sin comes in stages. Let's jump down to chapter 7, verses 19 through 21, as we look at this particular point. Sin comes in stages. Then Joshua said to Achan, My son, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and give praise to him. And tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua, Truly I have sinned against the Lord God. This is what I did. He explained how it all went down. When I saw, circle that word saw, among the spoils, a beautiful cloak from Shinar, and 200 shekels of silver, and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels, then I coveted them, circle that word coveted, and took them, circle that word took, and see they were, are hidden in the earth inside my tent with the silver underneath. Do you see the process here of what Achan told Joshua when he was tempted? This is what he did. He saw, he coveted, and he took. Can you say them with me? He saw, he what? Coveted, and he took. That's a pretty good picture of our lives, isn't it? When sin comes up on us, we see it, we want it, and we take it. There's a New Testament writer 2,000 years later who wrote something similar. And if you would turn with me to James chapter 1, verses 13 and 15. James chapter 1, verses 13 through 15. And James writes it this way. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured, circle that word, and enticed, circle that word, by his own, circle desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, brings birth to sin. sin. When it is fully grown, brings forth death. Now we talked, we went through James about a year or so ago, so this is a, just a review for us, a reminder for us. But let's walk through some of those words because this relates to what Achan, we're in Joshua 7, this relates to what Achan was going through as a follower of God, as someone who disobeyed God. That word Lord there means what? Dragged away. For those that are fishermen, you get a lure, you put it in, you lure that fish out of its comfort zone. 
It's the, it's the enticement. If you do any trapping, or do any, you're bringing that animal out of its comfort zone to kill that animal, to trap that animal. And that word desire means to greatly desire something or have something. To long for something in such a, a deep way. Now, let me ask you a question. Was Achan's desire for these things, was it a sin to want those things? Was it a sin to want a beautiful garment? Ladies, is it a sin to want a beautiful dress that you see? Good, good answer, Donna. That's what I thought. That's what my wife would say. That's right. Is it was a sin to look at the shekels and look at the bars? That's it. No. Why was it sin? Because God said no. God said no. These things were in and of themselves not sin, but because God says, don't take of it. That's where the disobedience comes in, and that's where the sin occurred. And here's funny, Pastor Mike's going to speak, speak next week on Joshua chapter 8, and just to give a little bit of a tidbit of next week, if he would have waited, Achan would have waited, waited on God, obeyed God, Joshua 8, guess what happened? They attacked Ai again. And guess what? God said, you guys can have the spoils. You can take what you want. Achan would have had more than what he pulled from Jericho. He would have had more if he would have listened to God and obeyed God. I find it also interesting when you look at that passage in James chapter 1. What illustration is James giving here? What, what luring, enticing? This deals with animal hunting, fishing. I read a theologian and a historian this week. It says, could it be that James is talking to the, his audience, these Christians, who when talking about our own desires, when we fulfill our own desires, that we are no different than the animals who are only seeking out to please them. They, God made them to, to, to survive on their own. They get what they need, and they, they do what they need to do to get it. That's not us because we're created in God's image. God's given us a soul. God has given us the, those emotions that he has not given animals. It's very interesting that these, is it true when, 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 we, when we come into sin and we're tempted and we don't trust God, we don't ask God for help, we're no different. We're just going after our own desires. And that is exactly what happened with Achan here. So our, our, our first side of our frame this morning is sin comes in stages. Now the second piece of our frame that gives us the life lessons of Achan is this. Disobedience always has a consequence. Disobedience always has a consequence. I look, I'm looking around and many of you are like, yeah, because we've been there. For me, hiding my tapes underneath my, my bed was several consequences. Won't get into them um, today. But there are. There, and we know that. Look at verses 24 and 25, and this gives the consequence of Satan's action, of, of, of Achan's actions. And Joshua and all of Israel with them took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the, and the silver and the cloak and the bar of gold, and his sons and the daughters and his oxen and his donkeys and his sheep and his tents and all that he had. Let's stop there a minute. So when this was found out, Joshua did not just pull Achan out, right? Just, just pulled Achan out. No. Look at that verse. Everything that Achan owned, Joshua says, bring him out here. Everything. Down to his tent. 
and they brought them up to the valley of Achor. Very interesting enough, guess what the word Achor is translated as? The valley of trouble. Huh. Interesting. Coincidence, right? No, not at all. And Joshua said, Why did you bring trouble on us? The Lord brings trouble on you today. And all Israel stoned him with stones. They burned them with fire and stoned them with stones. Remember this. When we disobey God, it affects more than just you. It is believed, and, and theologians believe, that his family was in on this. His family seen Achan take it, and they didn't say anything, and they were like, yeah, let's keep that hidden, let's keep it from God. His whole family now is part of the consequence. We think, go through Scripture, a couple of stories. We remember Abraham and the consequence he could have had by lying to Pharaoh about who his wife Sarai was, Remember? It was his wife, but oh, it's my sister. That could have cost him grave, a grave error on his part. Look at Jonah, a one-way ticket. He t- went opposite of God, okay? Got on a boat with a bunch of people didn't know him. One storm that came through that could have capsized, could have destroyed those men's lives, all because of his disobedience. We think of the church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians 5, where there is immorality in the church. And Paul says, well, you've got to get this stuff out of the church. You're not, God's not going to bless the church. See, when there is unconfessed sin in our lives, God is not honored and God cannot bless us. Israel could not go any further in this situation until this was taken care of. And it was drastic. It was drastic. So that second piece, disobedience, always has a consequence. Our third piece then as we conclude our frame is this. We need to pursue God in your victory. Pursue God in your victory. I know you're saying, well, wait a minute, Pastor Jason. There's no victory here. AI defeated Israel. They got beat. Yes, you're right. But I believe this did not need to happen. If Joshua would have pursued God in prayer at the victory at Jericho. Let's look at verses 6 through 9. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the, the ark of the Lord until the evening. He and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. And that just symbolizes, anytime you read that in the Old Testament, symbolizes mourning. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to give us into the hands of the Amorites, to destroy us? Would that we had been content to dwell beyond the Jordan? What does that sound like? You remember 40 years back when Israel came out of Egypt and Moses was leading them, and that older generation of Israelites, what did they say? Why would it be that we, just, we would be just content to stay in Egypt and die? Here's Joshua reiterating almost verbatim what they said. 
Verse 8, O Lord, what can I say when Israel has turned their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it and will surround us and cut off our name from the earth. And what will you do to your great name? He is pleading, God, why did this happen? I love God's response. Look at verse 13. What's he say? Get up. <laughs> I love that. Consecrate the people and say, consecrate yourself for tomorrow. For thus says the Lord, the Lord God of Israel. There are devoted things that are in the midst of Israel. You cannot stand before your enemy until you take away devoted things from among you. If Joshua would have prayed after the victory of Jericho. This is the conversation that would have started chapter 7. Am I correct? If Joshua would have said, hey, God, thanks for the victory. All right, we're consecrating ourselves. Here we go. What's next, God? But what do we see God with Joshua doing? Joshua did anything, everything a military leader would have done. Okay, he sent spies. Okay, bum, 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 bum. Brothers and sisters, listen, we need to pray during our times of victory so we do not have to beg and plead during times of defeat. Let me say that again. We need to pray during times of victory so we do not have to beg and plead during times of defeat. I believe this is a lesson that we can learn thousands of years later in times of victory in our lives as we're living our Christian life and we seem to be God is on our side and we're, we're, a lot of victories are happening in our life and we feel pretty good about ourselves because that's what Satan wants us to believe, that this was our victory and our battle, but really it's God's. And sometimes we leave God out in the outskirts. Yeah, God, I'm doing good here by myself. We've got to include God. We always bring God into victory. Pursue God in victory. Pray to God during the victory. Just real quick, let's review what Joshua did up to these events. What did he do at the Jordan River? He sought out God. God gave instructions to watch, follow, consecrate themselves before they walked across the Jordan. Did they do that? Yes. Did God give them the victory? Yes. What happened at Jericho? Well, remember Joshua went out to survey the land. He was, he was confronted by the commander of the Lord's army, which we believe to be the pre-incarnate Christ. What did Joshua do? Worshipped him. And then their commands came. Then there was a command of what they needed to do for the battle of Jericho. Joshua followed the instructions of circumcision and consecration. He listened to the Lord's battle plan, and victory was given. Ah, What's, what's the common denominator of those two? God. Joshua went to God. God gave him the instruction. Let's look at Ai, or I. Joshua sent out the spies. Joshua listened to the spies. Joshua sent out 3,000 men for battle. Joshua lost 36 men Joshua got the nation defeated. And their missing plan to I was what? Say it with me. God. God was missing in the battle plans to defeat I. Sin comes in stages. Disobedience has consequence. We need to pursue God in our victory so we're not begging into our defeat. We follow God and we pursue God. But lastly, as we think about this, we think of Achan's life. And what we can learn from is this. Number four, our failures are not forever. 
our failures are not forever. Look at verse 26. And they raised over him a great heap of stones that remains to this day. Then the Lord turned from his, from his burning anger. Therefore, to this day, the name of that place is called the Valley of Achor. And Achor is translated as the Valley of what? Trouble. You might say, okay, so how is this forgetting about our failures? Well, I'm going to share with that here as we close. Let's see how the Valley of Achor is a place of hope for the future of Israel. We turn back to Hosea 2, verse 15. Now, I know that's probably cobweb area for you in your Bible. You don't really turn to Hosea too many times in your week, I'm sure. But turn to Hosea 2, 15. The verse will be in front of you on the screen. And it reads this. And there I will give her her vineyards and make the valley of Acre a door of hope. Circle that word door, or those words doors of hope. And there shall be answer in the days of her youth as at the time when she came out of the land of Egypt. Now the book of Hosea is a parallel between the marriage of Homer, um, of Gomer and Hosea. And we know that Gomer was a, a promiscuous woman. And God was relating the relationship that Hosea had with his wife, Gomer, to his relationship with the nation of Israel. See, the marriage between God and his people will be closer. Hosea 2 is talking about a future time during the millennial kingdom when the valley of Acre will be a place of hope. So our failures are not forever. This valley of Acre is not going to be remembered in the future as a place of distress and trouble. In the future and still to come, it will be a place of hope. A place of fruitfulness. Remember, church, remember this. Failure will come. We are going to sin. We are going to blow it in our spiritual life. But we need to understand this, that we need always, as we learned last week, to be on God's agenda. We need to confess our sin to Him. God will take our trouble, and He will put us in triumph. He will, he will take our defeat when we're defeated and we, when we confess our sins and we walk with and we align with God's agenda. Guess what? He will turn it, our defeat to a delight. And he will take that window of gloom, that, that moment in time where, man, it just seems like we walked away from God and we have just fell into sin and we just, there's no way out and we turn our lives back to God. God gives us that window of hope. We were in that valley of ache or valley of trouble. But God reconciles. He restores us to himself. Failures do not need to mark our future. All of us have been, sa have been saved for any period of time, have used failures in our lives for our testimony, to show what God has done, how God has and have saved us and has even through a tough time, God has used that in our life to be better soldiers for him. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're listening today. And you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Well, as we always say, we would love to introduce you to the best thing that ever happened to us. And his name is Jesus. If you call out to him and ask forgiveness of sin, he will come into your life. He will save you. He will give you hope. He will give you peace. Please seek us out today. Please reach out to us. 
the person that invited you, talk to them about this Jesus and how you can know him beyond a shadow of a doubt, and your sins will be forgiven. Am I, am I right, Christians? That's not, that's not convincing. Amen. This is what Jesus has done for us, and we want you to know that Jesus, that when we do sin, that he is our advocate. And he has forgiven our sin. And we can walk, as it says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Brothers and sisters, we need to learn these lessons from Achan. Let's run from sin. Let us not get into disobedience. Let us learn from Joshua to pursue God during times of victory, not just in times of defeat, but in victory to continue in fellowship with him. Let us also understand, church, that we must not live in our failures. Look at your failures and move on. God has forgiven them. Move on victoriously and use those times in your life as a testimony to bring honor and glory to God. Can we do that, church? Learning from Achan. Learning from Achan. We can all take lesson this morning that you do so this week. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for all that you have done for us. We thank you for this story. Could have went a whole different kinds of directions here. A lot happened in this chapter, but Lord, I believe we want, you want us to learn to stay true to your word, to not disobey, to follow your plan, but also to learn from Achan and his family of the consequence that happens in our lives when we disobey, when we sin, when we walk away from the Lord. Maybe you're here this morning, you're, you're, you're watching via Facebook. Just take a moment to just, just, just evaluate your life this morning. Is there things in your life that you need to get rid of? They're, 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 it's a disobedience to God to be in a particular lifestyle. It's a disobedience to God to have this in your life. And maybe right now you need to just say, God, I give this to you. I need to walk away from it. Forgive me. I need to walk in newness of you. And, and maybe you're here and you're listening and... You need to come to Jesus. Man, please let us know. Call out to him today. Please do that. And let us know how God has changed your life, how God has used this for, to, to change your life. So, Father, we come before you and we are just humbled as this song we're going to close with unashamed. And we can't live this life without your spirit in us. Satan is all about us as the church, as our country, as our city, as the world, and is attacking us. We need to be strong. We need your strength. We need your help. We need your hope. All that matters. We may agree to disagree with whatever is political. All that matters at the end of the day is what will these people, what will the world do with Jesus? When we stand before God, what will we say? Do we know Jesus? Have we trusted Jesus or not? And we live at, with that in our mind. And as we leave here today, Father, may we be changed. May we walk away from our sin. May we strive to pursue you. But most importantly, God, may we think of those individuals we run into every day and realize they need a Savior. And how can we be a testimony? We reach out to them to share the great gospel that has changed our lives here. 
Thank you, God, for all that you've done. And we ask this in your son's holy name. Amen. Stand up and sing that chorus. Cause I know I'm weak. I know I'm unworthy to call upon your name. But because of grace, because of your mercy, I stand here unashamed. I know I'm weak. And I know.